Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. Thank you everybody for tuning into the Hush podcast and I'm very excited for this episode. I have a special guest by the name of Chloe and she is the host of the Stripper Stories podcast. Um, Chloe, if you don't mind sharing your V-card story with us as a rite of passage. Okay, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say lost it because that, that means it kind of you were giving something away to someone else or someone was taking something from you, which I just don't, I'm not sure I kind of like, like the sound of kind of thing. Um, but I guess I shared my virginity with someone, um, because obviously it was consensual and I wanted to do it and, you know, um, you don't practically lose anything, but, um, he, yeah, he was a boyfriend. I was with him for four years afterwards. He was a guy I met um, when I was about 18, which is quite, I mean, a bit older, I would say. Um, and yeah, and it was, it was a bit of fumbling, I remember it being. Um, and I was kind of like nervous to do it because I felt like I was a bit, it was a bit later. Um, all my friends had started having sex and they were like 16. Um, so I was a bit later on. And uh, and yeah, and I ended up being with him for quite a while afterwards. Um <laughs> Yeah, and little did I know how big his dick was because I was with him for so long. <laughs> that, um, that and like it was my first dick I ever saw, so I was just like, "Oh, that's what all dicks look like." No, we now I know that that is not what all dick, dicks look like. So yeah, um, lucky me, basically. <laughs> <laughs> how long did it last? Um, not very long. I remember it being quite short. Like, like I think I think it was his first time as well. I think. Or maybe not. No, no, it wasn't his first time. No. But yeah, um, yeah, it was quite short, because obviously I'm just so fit, so yeah, he just couldn't contain himself, but um, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't the longest experience or best experience ever, because you don't really know what you want, do you, the first time? You don't really understand. I mean, obviously from like exploring things yourself, you kind of do, but with an actual dick, it's quite difficult to order it about. I've, I've got quite good at... Um, ordering the dick about now in my uh, later life so yeah I've definitely made up for it that's perfect that actually brings up my next question so since losing your virginity and now to the point where you are what do you consider your most kinkiest experience kinkiest experience probably mm, probably fucking a guy 
I don't know if this is like more because I really liked it. I like the, the power play, I guess. But um, I guess fucking a guy in the ass with a um with a strap on with like um yeah pegging. I, I quite like that. I like the role reversal because naturally I'm quite submissive in my in my like private life. But um yeah, I suppose when a guy feels really comfortable and like I guess uh yeah just like confident to do something like that that really kind of turns me on so yeah for me that was probably one of my kinkier moments okay and going back into the beginning i guess the origins of uh you beginning to journey into the adult industry what inspired you to do so yeah i mean it was basically because i was doing a master's degree i had no money and yeah it was just it just seemed like a good an exciting thing to do. I was doing a performance degree. It's still kind of performance based. <laughs> so I thought, oh yeah, maybe I'll still be kind of, uh, you know, dancing, which I was. And um, and yeah, and a guy actually suggested I do it. So I was dating some guy. He uh, he saw me getting loads of numbers across the bar one day, and he was like, you know, you could probably sort all your money problems out if all those numbers were money that they were passing over to you in a strip club or whatever. I was like, how would you want me to do that if you're my my boyfriend? But um. Yeah, we ended up not staying together very long because he was clearly a massive asshole. Um, and uh, <laughs> when we broke up, I went straight down to to uh, to London, which is where I'm at at the moment, and then auditioned, and then I got the job the same night, and I haven't looked back, really. And how did your friends and family react? My friends weren't... I mean, not all of them were the most supportive. Girls get a bit funny when they... They, I mean, still then and now, you know, it's 2021 and still can't say the word sex on Instagram and things like that. People find it, you know, outrageous thinking that anyone would want to work in an industry like that, let alone, you know, one of your friends. So um, not all my friends were the most supportive. I lost quite a few friends. Um, and, yeah, my family, my family only found out not so long ago, as in my parents, um, that I worked in, a, in, like, a strip club. And they were really supportive. They were just, like, just as long as you're happy and, like, you know, it explains a lot. <laughs> I was like, right, thanks. Um, and yeah, my, the rest of my family, though, my sisters, I'm really close to them, so they, they knew from the start and they're very supportive. But a lot of my friends, I mean, the ones that are, I guess, your true friends, people you would want to have stick around, uh, were completely supportive and know it for what it is, which is just a job, you know, you're not your job. So uh, yeah, um, so yeah, I've, had, I've had good and bad experience, I, I would say. And do you consider yourself um, always sex positive, or did your mentality change over time to embrace sexuality? Um, I wouldn't say I started off completely sex positive because I was, I I think I was kind of brought up in a very like well a religious background. I would say um, sex was kind of something people just didn't talk about, and so coming from that kind of upbringing, it wasn't the most positive place. Um, but I learned through my job and through speaking to other people and just, you know, asking questions, really, um, that, you know, it is nothing to be ashamed of. And now it's something that I shout, obviously, clearly, I'm on the podcast, um, from the rooftops, you know, it's really nothing to be ashamed of. And my own sexuality, it's just something that I've kind of grown into, really. Um, you know, I suppose as you get older, you become more confident and you know what you want and you know what, like, what you want to wear and how you want to guy to treat you or girl to treat you you know so that has taken some time I'm like my 30s now and I think I've I think I think you know I've been really like confident and you know uh I guess a bit more aware of my 
my limits and, and things like that you know only in the last couple of years really it's taken me quite a long time um just exploring really so yeah yeah it's not an instant thing I feel like I can definitely relate to you. As I've shared on my podcast, I grew up with a Catholic background, so sexual ta- um, subjects yeah. were taboo. Couldn't talk about it. And then eventually I just realized, you know, I I love sex. And I don't have, like, the most kinkiest experiences, but I was intrigued by people who lived, um, who lived that lifestyle. So that's kind of what inspired me to tell stories, as I'm doing now. Um, going back to the strip club, I want to know, like, how it is being Uh, on stage, all eyes on you, and you're just getting naked in front of everybody, dancing, having a good time. What goes through your mind at that, at that point? Because I feel like some females say, like, I could do that. But then it's that confidence, like, can you really, you know? Yeah, I get what you mean. I mean, when I first did it, I was just, like, surprisingly not bothered by it, to be honest. I... I thought I'd be more nervous, but I really wasn't. Um, obviously, not every girl. I don't think I'd even danced with a boyfriend by then. Um, so it's not like something I'd done a lot of. I think I just, I think I just always thought like a body is a body. Like you're there to look at me and pay me. You know, it's not going to be an embarrassing situation. People who come into clubs want to be there. You know, so um, for the most part, and and so I didn't think there's anything really to worry about. I would say, I mean, on the stage, the thing that people kind of think is, who's watching me? What does their watch look like? How much money do they have? What shoes are they wearing? Are they in pro? Like, you know, it's just, yeah, you, all of that goes through your mind. You know, am I wearing, am I, have I got my tampon in all the way up? Are they going to see it in the lights? You know, it's, loads of things go through your head. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely an empowering, empowering thing, but it's also, it becomes like, quite monotonous if you're doing it every single night mm-hmm. i could see that um switching it up a little bit what do you love about being a dom uh, i guess it was just the trust that people placed in me to uh explore their their kinkier side or their, their more kind of um judged side uh and things that they felt that they couldn't really open up to in their everyday life. So I quite like the fact that, you know, I was able to really see a person who they are and and without judgment, that was something that was really appealed to me. What steps are you taking to normalize sex work? Um, I would say the podcast is one thing. Um, You know, I like to change the narrative when it comes to sex work, sex, anything to do with community that I have on the podcast whether it's the trans community the gay community anyone out there they have a voice on my podcast so it is um it's something that's really important to me since starting since starting the podcast through lockdown um so that's the biggest thing I say I would I would say I'm doing um and then you know as as time's gone on if anyone asks me a question or wants help to get into it or wants to know how to you know stretch your asshole out or anything that I know about that I've been into and if someone asks me a question I'm really open to having a chat about it because I mean you have to kind of lead by example right so um some there's certain things like you know the fact that I use my stripper name instead of my actual real name on the podcast there's something people are like why would you do that if you're wanting people to be more open and, and positive about sex work why wouldn't you use your real name and it's it's less for me um and 
how I feel. It's more for other people who come on the podcast who are my friends or my family. You know, it's more about protecting their identity or their their stories that they tell me on the podcast. So um, that is something that I, you know, I was, wish I was able to to do. That's one thing I'm not not the happiest about. But um, but yeah, I do I would say I'm pretty open um, with most things. So that's that's probably how I have pushing my best foot forward when it comes to sex work. What keeps you passionate about working in the adult industry? It's the fact that no two days are the same and the people that you meet it keeps it interesting and the situations that you're in. Uh, obviously the money is, is good too and the fact that you know in Corona there's only different avenues of sex work that you can go down um, and how we've all had to adapt from working in clubs going on in calls whatever girls are doing I mean I've never personally been full service myself but you know, we've had to you know figure it out so I think that challenge is quite healthy too and also it keeps I think that keeps you young I know it's like a, maybe a cliche thing to say but, you know it, it, there's no chip to keep things steady whether it's like in your you know single life in your dating life Sex, sexuality is something that, if it's like a struggle for you, it does really filter through to everything else in your life. So I think having that steady backbone of, of uh, you know, sex work and knowing a lot about sex myself has really helped me in other avenues in my life. So yeah, I would say that's probably the biggest one. Turning to the negative side of the sex industry, what type of stereotypes do you receive? Oh, why would a girl like you be in a place like this? Why would you want to do a job like this? Um, I, I'm going to save you from your destitute. Um, you know, you must be a massive whore, easy, um, cheating, uh, just be really materialistic. All the things you could possibly think I've been called or thought about, you know, like, I, what, what can I say? You know, it, it's one of those jobs, especially, it's the most, probably the most... Um, I guess one of the, the most um, misunderstood jobs there are, is out there. So, yeah, of course, it's going to come with a huge negative attachment to it. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, for the most part, it, you're not your job. Obviously, there are women out there, there are men out there in any job that are assholes, that are easy, that, you know, take money necessarily from others or aren't fair or cheat people out of this and that or are being sold into slavery. And I'm sure that's, that does happen out there. Um, but... From my story and where I'm sat, um, I wouldn't say any of those things are true. So, um, obviously, we can all be, you know, the, the horophobia is, is everywhere. And I, I'm sure that I like being open and confident about sex. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. And if that makes me a whore, that makes me a whore. Do you know what I mean? So, I'm sorry. Like, I've really got no, um, you know, I, I have nothing to say to those people who would say something like that to me or to anyone else working in sex industry for that matter. So, yeah obviously had quite a lot of negative negative uh, conversations in my life and that brings me on to how does it affect the relationships with people in your life not just romantic but even friendships obviously it's not the easiest thing people uh, judge you first by that if they're meeting you for the first time I think things have got a bit easier now I'm older and I can kind of really explain it to other people properly without being ashamed of it but um but yeah it's it's not the easiest thing ever, but I feel like it does weed out the men from the boys. Like, 
if you if you want to be around people who are who like you for you, I mean, who wants to have a fake friend? I don't think any, yes, anyone does. Agree. Who wants to have a fake fake boyfriend, fake girlfriend? No one. So you know, so if my job really does bother people to the point where they're not going to be a good friend to me. Um, I don't want them in my life, you know, so it has affected them, of course, but it's also been a blessing in a way because, you know, I want to be around people who want to talk about their sex lives, who want to be open and honest and, you know, because it is something that we all do. We all have sex. We all think about it. We, it like, what what is stopping us from talking about it to each other, especially if you're a friend with someone, you know, or you're a boyfriend of someone or girlfriend. So, yeah, I uh, it has been a blessing overall, I would say. That's a beautiful way to look at it. When you aren't working, what types of things do you like to do? Now, nothing, because we're in Corona <laughs> and there's nothing to do. Um, in, Lon in London, we're completely locked down, so uh, I go for a walk. Um, I, I've bought a, like a video game console, which is now me and my boyfriend do that, which is the most ridiculous thing I never thought I would ever do, but I do it. I'm doing it because there's nothing to do. Um, I've got a cat. I love animals and I, I'm just so into the podcast right now. The podcast is the most, you know, creative thing I'm doing at the moment. I'm, you know, like I said, I did a master's in, in acting and, um, musical theater. So it means that it kind of, I can still kind of perform, tell stories, um, and spread the good word of sex work <laughs> while uh, doing the podcast. Um, so yeah, that's something that I really love to do. How can people find your podcast? Yeah, so we have a website, which is stripperstories.com, or we are on Instagram um, at stripperstories. So yeah, um, we're everywhere, basically, that you would find good podcasts spotify apple anywhere so yeah awesome and i just wanted to do one last little icebreaker question if someone were to see you and say hey do that thing you do what's the first thing that comes to your mind twerking <laughs> i like that that's cool <laughs> and literally that's all i do <laughs> Are there any final thoughts that you had just in general about anything from sex work, stereotypes, um, passion, anything that you'd like to share before we wrap up this episode? Um, well, I think just be kind to one another because you never really know what anyone else work or not. And like online right now, there's a lot of hate and a lot of like discrimination towards people in the sex industry. You know, Instagram is now changing their terms of service where people can't even can't work online, can't show their bodies online. Um, and so people posting negative comments and stories and reels on, on other people's, you know, lives online. I think that's just really like not what we need right now like, at the moment with corona and everything else going on in the world there's much more important things to be thinking about than people how they're earning their money if they wish to do so when it comes to taking off their clothes selling time selling their dominatrix skills anything um so yeah for me it's just be kind to one another because you know you never know when you might need help from one of these people like you, the most ridiculous thing has happened to me is that in this lockdown is that people have come to me asking how do I get into cam how do I get into this because you know people are losing their jobs or they haven't got another source of income so these people might actually help you out one day so it would be you know it might be 
it might be nice to just be kind to each other um whether you're in the sex industry or not i I guess yeah i like that that's a good way to wrap up this episode end it on a high note i really appreciated you taking the time to come out onto my podcast i really appreciate that again sorry for the delay um with getting getting the interview um started but i really appreciate you taking the time today to address um sex work thank you so much of course hey everyone thank you for tuning into the hush podcast make sure to find us on podbean red dragons radio google play music itunes spotify iHeartRadio, spreaker stitcher tune in SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.